Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast that you're listening to right now, thank you so much, called Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. It is a daily podcast, 365 days a year, and each day we talk to an author about all of the things related to their career, their book, their life, and more in 30 minutes or less, because who has time? I am now an author myself, although I wasn't when I started this podcast, and you can get my new memoir, Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature, wherever books are sold starting July 1st, and my children's book, Princess Charming. You can learn more about me at zibbyowens.com, but really, you're here to learn more about the authors, and that is what we're going to do. Also, be sure to check out all the other podcasts in the Zcast Podcast Network. You can learn more at zcastnetwork.com. And definitely check out those shows as well. Also, just a quick note that submissions for the Zibby Awards are open and will close on September 15th. Go to zibbyowens.com and you will find the Zibby Awards open submissions where we celebrate all the under-celebrated parts of a book, like the best spine, the best author's note, the best table of contents. And authors can nominate their own best publicists, best editors, and so on. There will be an in-person award ceremony in October in New York. You will not want to miss it go to zibbyowens.com. Jillian Madoff is the author of When We Were Bright and Beautiful, a novel. She's the author of four acclaimed novels, This Could Hurt, I Couldn't Love You More, Good Girls Gone Bad, and Hunger Point. Hunger Point was made into an original cable movie starring Christina Hendricks and Barbara Hershey, directed by Joan Micklin-Silver. That was on Lifetime TV in 2003. 
a former fellow at McDowell, Blue Mountain Center, VCCA, and Fundacion Valparaiso in Spain. Jillian has an MFA from NYU. She studied with Mona Simpson, her thesis advisor, and Jonathan D, and took master classes with Toni Morrison, Grace Paley, and Joyce Carol Oates. I just had Joyce Carol Oates on this podcast. You can go listen to that too. Jillian's MFA experience was life-changing. She sold her graduate thesis, originally titled The Hunters, to HarperCollins, where it was retitled Hunger Point and published as her debut novel in 1997. (laughs) Back then, readers loved the deeply depressed Franny. Now they hate her and her whole stupid self-absorbed family. Times change, culture evolves, and still trauma endures. In addition to writing novels, Jillian has a long career in corporate consulting. Since her early days at Max Factor and American Home Goods in Trump Tower, she's worked for a wide range of employers, including Deloitte and Aon. Now with Siegel Benz, she advises clients on communication strategies for all aspects of the employee experience. She lives with her husband, Keith Dawson, and three adult daughters who come and go. Uh, welcome, Jillian. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss When We Were Bright and Beautiful, a novel. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. My pleasure. Your book is really good. I was drawn in right away. I feel like your depiction of the brother-sister relationship, even though they're not blood relatives, is so on point and how, you know, just how close we all are to having sort of our, our rights just taken away, you know, like (laughs) Billy gets thrown in jail and how from one minute to the next, you don't know what's coming. And I don't know. It's, I've been like talking to my family about this book, like, and this is the book I'm reading and this is what's happening. And so anyway, but maybe you should do a better job than I just did. Why don't you explain what the book (laughs) is about and also what inspired you to write it, why you wrote it, all that good stuff. Okay. Well, I am a career novelist, and this was my fifth book. And originally, I was writing a novel about, like, it was it was a updated Bonfire of the Vanities. It was set in a luxury building like the Dakota. Yeah. And I thought, oh, you know what would be so great? it To do an upstairs, downstairs, like Downton Abbey, but in a luxury building in the 21st century. And I thought, okay, well, there should also be a crime. It would be looking at a class, but I thought that I would do it under the guise of parenting. Mm -hmm. So in the original incarnation, a young girl is kidnapped. And then her mother, who is an heiress, is held on negligent charges. And I was like, okay, It, it didn't have enough to propel like a 350 page novel. I mean, the whole idea of parenting, it was when I guess you saw parents being punished for leaving their kids in the car, but it just wasn't as compelling an idea. So I said, okay, well, the central crime will be sexual assault. The young girl actually became the narrator who's now 23. And the book opens where she finds out that her brother has been Um, accused of assault by his former girlfriend. And she comes home, the whole family rallies together. And then as the book unfolds, you realize there's a whole other story going on. So I think when I approached the book, it was like, well, I really am delving deeply into this family, but I need to make the book interesting for me as a novelist, like something more interesting to write about or and also how to make it compelling for me to keep 
interested because I could have written a straightforward narrative, but I wanted to do something a little different. And so by the time I was like, I don't know, two or three years into it, the Me Too movement exploded. And I was like, oh, you know, we're, the, the market's going to get flooded with, with novels about sexual assault. And I, I also, I felt like, how do I bring something new to the conversation? Like, how do you, how do you write about sexual assault? I'm a white woman writing about a white family. How do I do something different? And I said, okay, well, what I'm going to do is like a dual narrative where you read the first hundred pages, there's a twist and you realize, oh, wait, this something else is going on. And then you read the next hundred pages and it shifts again. And so by the end, you're kind of like, oh, that's a completely different book than what I thought it would be. And I was really influenced a lot by books like Trust Exercise, which was Susan Troy's book. I don't know if you read it. It was, it was really it's great. My and yes. Yeah. Because I love the idea of taking a story and then completely subverting your um, a reader's expectations. I think the challenge with this book is that people will look at it and say, oh, I know that story. And it's like, well, you think you do, but it's actually a different story than you think you're getting into. And then by the end of the book, you realize, oh my gosh, this book can be read two ways. You know what I mean? So I, I, I really was unsure if I could pull it off. And then with me too, I thought, oh, do I go back to the kidnapping? You know, do I make it? But then I thought, you know, this is a, a really pivotal moment in, in American history, you know, and I think, or cultural and I just want to take advantage of it and also just write the most authentic book that I could write at this time in my career. Awesome. So. I love it. I love hearing all of that. <laughs> I feel like that was like one long run on set. No, it was really, it's neat <laughs> to know. You know, I especially responded to when you're like, I wasn't sure I could pull it off, you know, because I feel oh, like, yeah. you know, it doesn't seem when you're the reader, like there's any uncertainty in what's going on. Right. And then here's this author on the other end, you know, like, does this make sense? You know, all the time. I'm like, so there's a trial and I spent literally 18 months doing everything I could to avoid writing the trial. I set the book 20 years in advance so we could like refer to it, but not have to go through it. I, I, I tried to get them to settle. There was like this whole thing where the trial never really happened. And then finally, you know, the, my friends were like, you've got to do it. I mean, you just have to face it. Like, what's the worst that could happen? And I'm like, well, I'm, it, I could look like an idiot. And they're like, well, you might look like an idiot anyway. That's not what you're doing with your book. So it was really rewarding. And, and then at, at the same time, it was so enlightening. You know, like I learned a lot. But my sister is a litigator and she helped me with a lot of the technical details. So interesting. <sighs> did, yeah. the, did the character of the doorman, was that a remnant from the upstairs yeah. downstairs? Yes. In fact, the opening scene in that book mm-hmm. was where a little girl has her hand up to, and the doorman thinks she's saying goodbye. But in, in fact, she's waving for help. And that was the image that started the whole thing. And so now we're talking about it's being pitched to the movies and we're talking about keeping that image in Mm. because it is like this harrowing moment where, you know, Cassie is sort of 
taken away from her, you know, like her whole sense of identity gets skewed in the course of the book. You learn that she's got a lot more going on underneath the surface than meets the eye. So, well, and she's also an orphan, right? Which you learn yeah. as, as time goes on and, you know, was taken in by these, the mentor of her dad, right? Her dad, to her, yeah, dad's her dad's mentor. Right. And yet feels like, the allegiance of a blood sibling to her brothers and, and all yeah. that. And you have this very unsavory lawyer character. Tell me about developing <laughs> him. <laughs> no, well, you know, the funny thing about him is like, he's one of my favorites. And the, 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 the book is so closely Cassie's story. I mean, she starts out saying, well, if this were Billy's story, but in fact, you realize it's her story. Mm-hmm. And she's telling you everything you need to know in the very first hundred pages And so you get the perspective of the lawyer only through her. And the one thing about Cassie is that she is very sexualized and she uses her looks and her sexuality kind of like not a weapon, but as a way of moving through the world. Mm -hmm. She's really relied on. on, I mean, she's smart and, and, and she knows it. But she really thinks that she's got this lawyer down and that he, she and he are aligned in, you know, protecting Billy and protecting the family. And it's only when a few things happen that she realizes she's not the smartest person in the room. And in fact, might be very, very, very uninformed about a lot. And I think that is the painful part of the book is seeing her come into knowledge and realize just how closed off and lonely she feels, you know? It's like when she jokes with him that she's a lawyer because she'd watched all these Law & Order episodes. (laughs) Right, right. right. My sister, actually, she says to me all the time, um, she'll she'll call me and she'll tell me about this case. And she's like, well, you're a lawyer. You figure it out. You know, what do I do? Oh my gosh. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. How did you end up becoming a career novelist? I grew up always moving. My family moved a lot. 
And I, I mean like 17 times. I oh, went to like seven elementary schools, oh two senior highs and two high schools. Yeah. Why? So I was always, my dad was in sales. Okay. So we'd move and he'd take a d- different job or a different territory. And it was chaos. I mean, like real chaos growing up. And writing became a refuge. But the idea of actually publishing a book, or, I mean, that was not in the stars. You know, mm-hmm. my, my goal in life really was just to be like a middle manager because I also have like a corporate career. Mm-hmm. And I was, I, it wasn't that my parents didn't want me to have ambition. It's just, they didn't want me to be disappointed. And so the way that they dealt with that is don't want too much, right? Keep your expectations in line. This way you won't be disappointed. And one of the ways that I, I really dealt with a lot of loneliness and, and upheaval was to create these stories. And so I would just write these stories from the time I was like five or six years old. And they grew longer as I grew older. But again, I never really thought about that it could be something you do as a job. And even as I was growing up, they were like, are you going to go into journalism? And I'm like, no. And they're like, are you going to go into PR? And I'm like, no, I got (laughs) to want to write stories. But I knew I would have to have a job. So I got a job and I wrote at night. And then I was dating this guy. Wait, what was your job? I do communications consulting. Mm -hmm. Like I started in marketing. And now I work with big companies, helping them communicate with their employees, like everything from 401k benefits to health care and stuff like that. So I was at Deloitte and then Aon, and now I'm at Siegel. And so I went to school, I, I wrote at night, and then I was dating this guy and I was about 27 and he's, he was working for equitable real estate. And he says, oh, you know, they want me to open an office in Paris. And he said, but I, I think I should go alone. And I said, well, that's okay, because I'm going to graduate school. And I had not even applied. <laughs> I just said, you know, I'm just gonna, I have to have my thing too. But I ended up applying to <laughs> NYU. And I only applied to one school. And I got in. And I just think, imagine if my life had gone differently. Because it was an evening program, so I could work it during the day and get my MFA at night. And then my first novel was my graduate thesis. So, I mean, my whole life would have been different, you know? I mean, whatever happened to the guy? Oh, no, he, he moved on, different girl, different woman. He's, you know, just wasn't interested. So I wow. became like, a, just, I said, well, this is what I'm doing now. And well, I think he needs a thank you note because if he hadn't, uh, <laughs> if he hadn't done that, we wouldn't be here. <laughs> no, not at all. Funny so. how life works. So tell me the story of how exciting it was selling your first book. And does it get less exciting the more books you sell or not? Oh, no. It's the first time I, I couldn't really believe it. I mean, it was, it, it was such a, a strange thing to, to write something and then have your agent call and say, we have an offer. And I mean, partly I grew up as a reader, but I didn't know any novelists. We didn't, I didn't know any creative people that actually got paid for their art. And when it comes to novels, I have, you you typically have to write the whole thing before you can sell it. So each time is its own, like, you never know, you Mm -hmm. know? I mean, there's certain, I was very lucky when, when I sold my first book because I write novels and not haiku you know what I mean it's more marketable to write a funny novel 
it just, it came at a time when books were expanding from being like just funny or sad to being kind of bittersweet. And so my first novel was called Hunger Point and it was made into a movie. And then I had a second novel that didn't sell, a third novel sold. And then I went through a really dark time where I just couldn't sell anything. I ended up changing agents. And it wasn't until like 10 years later, I sold another book. Mm-hmm. And each time has been like unbelievable to me. Like, I can't believe it. You know, like I don't take anything for, for granted. It's like, I've had a lot of rejection, but as a novelist, my goal is to get, to get better, but also to take on more interesting and different kinds of projects. So like the book before this one was a corporate novel. And it had different viewpoints and it was really hard. I mean, the the architecture, the structure was really complicated. And then I said, well, I'm going to go into this next one. This is going to be really easy. And this ended up being even more complicated because when you're writing a novel, you're dealing with like different timelines. You know, everything is so intricate and and deeply plotted. It's like a big puzzle. (laughs) So, and then, you know, you hear things like, oh, I wish this had happened and I, or readers saying, I wish that had happened. And it's kind of like to oversee or like carry through uh, ideas from page one all the way through page 350. And you're dealing with time changes and different points of view. And it's really a, a complex undertaking. I mean, the fact, I just can't believe not only that, I just keep doing it. You know, like every, every time I'm like, okay, I'm done. I can't go through this again. And then I sit down and I sort of get involved and it, and, and it becomes this like universe that I can sort of live in. And it's so gratifying when you get it right. Wow. Yeah. I don't, sometimes I'm like, I spend all my day talking to people who imagine worlds and they don't even know why or how it actually happens either. You know what I mean? I know. like, you know, there's because there's like no science or facts behind it. It's all imagination and these alternate universes and these different ecosystems and people who seem quite real, but are they real? They just like appeared in oh, your yeah. brain. I mean, when you, I mean, it's really like, what am I doing? <laughs> but anyway, but Do it's amazing. It's like common threads through authors. Like, is it, I mean, one thing that I, I, I speak to a lot of authors too, just in, in passing, and everyone seems, there seems to be that the same consensus that starting is hard <laughs> and finding time to sit down and do it is hard. For me, it's not hard to find the time. It's to, to motivate myself, you know, like I'm very insecure and, you know, like I'll approach something like, oh, I can't do that. I can't pull that off. There's no way. And then once I sit down and get into it, it's like a weight lifts, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And I just sort of start getting deeper and deeper into it. But it's just that first couple of steps into the pool that are really hard, you know? I I totally understand. And I also feel that way about the pool. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I know I'll be having, it'll be such a luxury to just be in a pool, like swimming around, but Oh, I, I, I can't even say this. It's like ridiculous. No, but I totally, I understand. It's like just to get it. It's like, uh, everything about the whole run up to the, to is very, is very hard. Yeah. And even after five books or even seven books or, cause I had a bunch that didn't, couple that didn't sell. I still am, I always start from a place of, 
oh, there's no way I could pull that off. There's no way. And I compare it to some male authors that I know. And I've heard that, oh, you know, once I have an idea, I know it's going to work. And I'm just like, I don't know anything. <laughs> you know, I don't know anything. I, I kind of write the way I read, which is that like it unfolds for me as I go. So, Do you like to read books like yours or other types or? What do I you read like everything. Read? Everything. I read everything. Yes. Including bookends, which I found so <laughs> poignant. And yeah. I, I mean, how did, how did, how did that feel? Oh, I know. I'm sorry. I have a, for people listening, I'm like in the midst of trying to do my own publicity for bookends while doing my podcast. So I've got my two signs sort of here behind me. I was originally, I was going to swap them out from like one interview to the next, if I was being interviewed or doing the interview, but now they're just sort of double layered. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, it's crazy. It's, I don't know when this episode is airing, but as we're talking, it's right before the book is coming out and yeah, I'm pretty terrified. You know, I'm like yeah. holding my breath, but I had a month where it was a Amazon first read. So I can, I like got used to it. I got through like yeah. all the roller coaster and, but you know, I'm nervous. And I was signing books the other day at like my local bookstore out here. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like what if nobody buys them? What if they all sit in this big stack here for the rest of the summer? And every time I walk in, like none of them are sold. Like how, that'll be so sad. And I'll be so embarrassed with the bookseller, you know? So I don't know. Well, first of all, you can always tell you that, tell yourself that that's a whole new stack that they've all sold out and they're just, you know, I know, but I signed them, you know, (laughs) but you don't have to look. Okay. The book is going to be a huge smash. Uh Thank you. I predict that. Thank you. I mean, I think that it's exactly what people want right now. I, I really do. And I'm very hopeful for you and I will be cheering out here. I think one of the things that I have found is when you meet people that understand what it means to to be a writer and what not even you might not even want to do it but you feel compelled to do it you know there's sort of like this mutual language you know like we you understand that it's just something that had to come out you know yeah I know I'm like why do I care so much but then every time I tried to be like it's okay I'm just gonna put it aside then it would come back you know yeah yeah I would say you know this is just for us this is just for me (laughs) <laughs> nobody has, nobody else has to see it. It's just for me. Just get it down, get it out and move on. I had to do that actually when I talked to my editor and I had the book deal and everything, and I had to start writing like a whole new version that it would be this, this book. I remember this. So I just sat down and I was like, I can't do this. Like, I just can't do this knowing that. It, so I put in big letters in my word doc. No one will read this, but me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, and then I started, but yeah. Have anyway. you gotten to the end of uh, when you were when we were writing beautiful? I have not. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to say anything. I know. I when you were saying it really changes in the last third, I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And when you're finished, go back to the first chapter, and and you'll realize it's a whole different book. You wow. know what I mean? It's like one of these. Oh wow! You know. So. Okay. All right. Okay. Coming back to it. Thank you. This has been so fun. Thank you for coming on. You know, I think admitting that vulnerability is so inspiring because so many people share it and don't feel comfortable talking about it. So I appreciate you saying that. And just how great, you know, here's to ex-boyfriends. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Wish you the best with bookends and I Thank can't you. wait to see you out there. Thank you. You too. It's okay. such a pleasure. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. 
Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.